right out. Everybody. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Lights Out Podcast. I'm your host, Josh. Today, I'm diving into a very creepy urban legend known as the Weeping Woman or La Llorona. Ever since I saw the movie, The Curse of La Llorona, done by director James Wan, if you're familiar with his work, he is the director of The Conjuring Universe, which I am a big fan of. And after I saw this movie, which was pretty creepy, to be honest with you, I knew I had to cover it here on Lights Out. This urban legend originates in Mexico. So I'm curious, for any of my Mexican listeners out there, did you grow up hearing this story? Let me know. But before we get into today's episode, just a couple updates for you. I am still not in the Lights Out studio yet. I'm still at home in the basement. Hopefully I'll be back in the studio very, very soon. Life has been crazy. If you're a new parent out there or just a parent in general, you know how kids throw a wrench into your schedule almost daily. So I will be back in the Lights Out studio hopefully next week. So this will be the last episode here at home for a while, which I'm very excited about because I miss my studio so much. This has been a great fill-in for now, but I miss the atmosphere that the Lights Out studio provides. The studio just pulls me into my content so much more than this setup in my basement does. So I'm very excited about that. Also, hopefully here in the next few weeks, I'll be able to reveal who my new producer is that is replacing Joel on the show. As you guys know, Joel left the show, I don't know, maybe a month or so ago. By the way, he's doing well. He's happier in his new endeavor that he's in. And, you know, I wish the best for him. He's my brother. We still talk all the time. We're very close. So he is doing well for those that were wondering. But I'm very excited for you to meet the new producer that will be joining me here on Lights Out. Because I know it's been a little lonely with just me by myself. I know I get a little lonely on here. So I'm excited about that. Lots of really cool things coming for Lights Out. Which, by the way, Lights Out has been number one to number three in the UK on Spotify true crime rankings, which is absolutely blowing me away, honestly. So all of you guys out in the UK, I really appreciate you tuning in to Lights Out on Spotify. I've got some UK-specific content coming very, very soon, which I think you'll enjoy. Also, just in general, Lights Out has been booming lately. So thank you to all you guys who are new listeners who just found Lights Out. Seriously. Seriously, thank you so much for checking out the show. Make sure you're following on Spotify as well. Subscribed on YouTube and subscribed on Apple Podcasts. It does really help me out. Also, the show is now on TikTok as well at Lights Out Cast. So check that out if you haven't already. But things are good here in the Lights Out universe, and I'm very excited for where the show is going. We have, I've got so much planned for the show. We're just getting started. So if you're a fan of the paranormal, the darker side of true crime, this is the show for you. But this episode of the podcast is brought to you by Upside, our only sponsor for today, and also my CBD company, Higher Love Wellness, higherlovewellness.com. Use code lights out for 10% off your order. I sell premium Colorado grown hemp extract products that I'm very proud of, and I'm a big believer in CBD and hemp in general. So if you haven't checked it out yet, please do. It's a great daily supplement. It's great for helping you sleep improving your mood, appetite. There's so many benefits to CBD. There's tons of information on my website at higherlovewellness.com. Also, I think there's still some lights out merch from our past collection there, which 
currently I'm working on my Halloween collection. I'm very, very excited about that. That will be unveiled here hopefully in the next month. So get your hands on some Lights Out merch while you still can from the previous collection, and that's at milehighmerch.com. But enough plugging things. Let's get into the story of La Llorona, the story of the weeping woman, or the legend of La Llorona, dates back centuries. The earliest known evidence of her lore exists in the pre-Hispanic era of Mexico from early colonial texts. Some believe her history might date back as far as Aztec mythology, but as far as we know, she originated in the central highlands of Mexico, also known as the Chiapas Highlands, and her depressing stories have been passed around campfires and living rooms filled with terrified children. There's many different interpretations of her story and new twists to tale. Depending on how old you are, the weeping woman has a different meaning, and many have connected her fate to the brutal history of Spanish conquistadors and the indigenous women of Mexico. She's also considered one of the most popular and widely interpreted legends in Spanish-speaking communities of Latin America. Many stories about her exist, but one thing always remains the same. She is always heard weeping, even though there is no one true answer to why she weeps. Many of her stories explain how she became such a sad spirit and why she often picks innocent children as her victims. Through a long list of books, movies, internet posts, and oral histories, her legend has been passed down through the years. Several variations exist, and many have been shared across generations, each one as haunting as the next. Sometimes she tracks her victims through dense woods. Sometimes she creeps into your home at night or appears in the passenger seat of your car, warning you about your evil sins before disappearing. Other times an encounter with La Llorona means guaranteed death. From these fatal stories, she usually attacks and kills children. In others, she kills anyone who finds her weeping. It's believed she weeps for her own dead children, who she might have murdered with her own two hands. Maybe she wanders the world forever because she's eternally punished for her mortal sins. Or maybe she wanders as a reminder of her own violent histories. To get a better picture of how haunting La Llorona truly is, here are a few of her tales. One of the earliest known published works that mentions the weeping woman is a poem by Manuel Carpio in 1883, and it goes as follows. Pale with terror I heard, when I was a child, an innocent child, a lawless man gave death. In my village to his wife, Rosalia, and ever since in the dark of night, her shaking of the scared people heard, sad crying of a grieving woman, whining as she gives in to her agony. For some time her suffering ends, but then she unleashes a long cry, and alone in the streets she crosses, to all full of deadly horror, and by the river in the thick darkness, she goes crying, wrapped in her cloak. Another common tale of La Llorona has been passed down orally through generations. It's more fleshed out than the poem I just read, and it gets to the heart of why. The woman weeps. This is one of the most common interpretations of La Llorona. In a small rural village, there lived a woman named Maria, 
She came from a poor family, but despite her ragged clothing and poor living conditions, she had a natural beauty that the whole village recognized. One day, a wealthy nobleman rode through her village on horseback. As he passed down the dirt roads, he pulled his horse to a stop when he saw how beautiful Maria was. So he approached her and introduced himself. She was charmed by his words, just like he was charmed by her beauty. And they fell in love at first sight. And when he proposed, she immediately accepted. When she ran home to tell her family, her parents were thrilled. As they had lived in poverty their whole lives, but now their daughter was marrying into a wealthy family. On the other hand, it wasn't the same story for the nobleman when he told his father that he had fallen in love with a poor woman. His father was very disappointed in his son, as their family wealth had been built up for generations, and now he thought his son was going to waste it on a poor village woman. When he saw how disappointed his father was, he decided to marry Maria anyway and build a house in the village far away from the family. And within a year of living there, Maria gave birth to twins, one boy and one girl. And at first, this new family life was wonderful. Her children were healthy and they never worried about money. But as time went on, the nobleman began distancing himself from his family. He spent time traveling to other cities and working on new business opportunities. Eventually, he stopped spending time with his family and he rarely returned to his home in the village. And when he did come home, he only spent time with the children. He made them laugh and played games with them. But Maria noticed he gave her no attention. She suspected that his love for her was quickly fading away. Soon enough, he left again to travel across the country. But this was the last time he would be with his family. He never returned to the house again. And when he did return to their village, he tried his best to stay clear of Maria. Years went by and Maria spent her time raising her children as a single mother. She also slowly returned to her life of poverty since the nobleman no longer provided for her. One day, she decided to head down to the nearest river with her children. The fast-flowing river ran at the edge of town, and one road ran alongside it. As they walked down the curving road, she saw a familiar carriage up ahead. It looked a lot like the one her husband used to park at their house, and she realized that this probably wasn't a coincidence. As she passed by the carriage, she looked inside the cabin. There her husband was, sitting beside a younger, beautiful woman and it was immediately clear what was going on. At that point, Maria quickly flew into a rage and her emotions took over, and without thinking, she grabbed her children by the arms and dragged them down to the river's edge. Her husband watched in horror as Maria tossed her children out into the riverbed. The surging waters quickly consumed them, and their screams echoed through the forest. The current was too strong and the water was too deep, and it wasn't until Maria saw the dead bodies of her children floating further down the river when she finally realized what she had just done. As the guilt set in, she jumped into the wicked river and died along with her children. Although her life ended there, her spirit lived on. When she reached the gates of the afterlife, a great spirit asked her where her children were. When she couldn't answer them, they denied her entry into the afterlife, and they said the only way she could enter is to go and find them. So now, Maria spends eternity wandering along the river, weeping, searching for her poor children forever. 
So if you're near a river in the dark of night and hear a woman crying, turn around and leave as quickly as you can, especially if you're a young child. You might not make it out alive. Any child that she sees, she thinks it's one of her own children, and she has an impulse to repeat her last sin. She drags them to the river and drowns them. She will never find her children, so she will never be able to enter the realm of spirits. Her spirit is trapped between the realm of the living and the dead. When she finds children who look like her, she asks them for forgiveness right before drowning them. She hopes that these children will take the place of her own, and maybe she can find her own children again. But while her spirit lives on, she often appears at night or late evenings near bodies of water, especially rivers. Even though many believe you can still escape her clutches, if you hear her cries, you are marked for death. Your death will come soon, even if La Llorona doesn't drag you to the river. As she weeps along the riverside in the dark of night, if you listen closely, you might hear her say, Oh, my children, where are my children? Stories like this one have been passed through generations by word of mouth, and many of her terrifying descriptions have been told in the streets of Mexico City. Different interpretations add their own unique twist depending on who tells it. One author, Tomas Janvier, had met with an old friend named Gilberto Cano back in the early 1900s. His friend was a native of Mexico City and had an interest in Mexican history and folklore. He relayed everything he knew about the weeping woman to Tomas. He told him that many bad things can happen in the night on the streets of the city, but the wailing woman was the worst of them all. He said she's even worse than the vaca del hombre, the cow of fire. The legend of the cow has been passed through the city for many years, and the cow is known to come at midnight and gallop through the streets like a blazing whirlwind. From her nostrils she breathes smoke and flame, and she charges through the city streets. Many in Mexico City are scared of the cow, but she's never hurt anyone. As for the legend of La Llorona, her encounters aren't as safe. When she's not weeping for her lost children, she quietly stalks the streets. She wears a white petticoat, and around her head and shoulders she wears a white rebozo like a scarf. Anyone who approaches this woman on the street that decides to speak with her immediately dies. According to this legend, the beginning of her spirit was introduced to the world so long ago that no one knows her true story. All that's known is that from the beginning, when she was a living woman, she had done something terrible. Whenever she gave birth to a child, she would grab it by the legs and throw it into one of the canals that surrounded the city. She couldn't bear the shame of having children out of wedlock. Over and over, she would do this for years. At some point, her conscience caught up to her. It might have been the priest that spoke to her or some of the saints came down from heaven and told her to stop, but no one really knows whatever happened. She finally felt terrible about what she had done, and she began wandering through the streets weeping and wailing from night until early morning. One time during the night, she came up to a sleeping watchman. She woke him by asking him what time it was. The watchman looked up to see the woman in all white. Her scarf was wrapped around her face, hiding it, and he told her it was midnight. She then responded in a story voice, At twelve hours of this day, I must be in Guadalajara. Her voice suddenly boomed, and she screamed that this is where she had to find her children, and then she vanished. As she faded into the night, the watchman's whole body went numb. 
He felt as if he had died, but was trapped in a living body forever. Years later, another watchman was passing by a lonely street beside the church of Santa Anita. There he met a woman dressed in all white. After a short conversation, she seduced him and they began making love. He urged her to take off her scarf so that he could see her face, but he would soon regret this request. As he slowly unwrapped the cloth, all he saw was a bare, grinning skull looking back at him as the skin of her face had decayed and fallen off. As he looked at her mouth in shock, she breathed out an icy breath. And when that breath reached him, it froze the blood in his veins. He couldn't move, and his body thumped to the ground. When he regained consciousness the next morning, she was long gone. He limped back to the watchman station. There he told the others what had happened the night before. They didn't believe his story. But only a few hours later, his heart stopped beating, and he instantly died. The weeping woman has continued to haunt the city over the years, and she's been all over. Some have seen her in cathedrals, walking down streets inside prison yards and even traveling from city to city nearby. Sometimes she's even out in the countryside. There was one time that some travelers along a country road met a woman dressed in all white at a crossroads late at night. She was quietly weeping to herself. They asked her where she was going, and she asked them where she could find her children. Before they could respond, she disappeared. As she faded away, a few of the travelers went mad. Some tore out their eyes after seeing her vanish. Others tried to remain calm and stick to their travels, but many of them mysteriously died after reaching the nearest city. Before they died, they had told the residents of the city what they had seen. Many weren't surprised. By then, the stories of the weeping woman had spread far and wide, and people no longer stopped to speak to the weeping woman in all white since they knew the other's fate. So her amount of victims became less and less as time passed. But still, many hear her wailing, especially during the nights of heavy rainstorms. The people know, though, not to go looking for her, because if they see her, they know their death will be waiting for them soon after. I've got more on the legend and tales of La Llorona after this quick break. So clearly, based on the stories you just heard, it seems like they're cautionary tales for watchmen and travelers. But it's also believed that La Llorona is also best used by parents to put fear in their children. Which why on earth would you want to do that? One of the most interesting things about La Llorona is that no two people see her the same way. Everyone has heard different stories that have been passed down over time, right? Like a long game of telephone, these stories change. And depending on who you are, the weeping woman gives a whole different meaning. Young children often see her as a ghostly apparition. And they often hear stories about her attacking kids who misbehave. For teens, she's less of a ghost and more of a monster. And her stories are meant to force them to get home before curfew. For adults, sometimes they see her as a mother with the world on her shoulders trying to escape the brutal realities of life. In the darkest corners of North American folklore, her haunting tales have spread far and wide. Many who have heard of the weeping woman first heard about her when they were growing up and it's hard to ignore that her first victims were her own children. And the fact that she only is seen at night adds to the horror. This way, parents can tell their children never to be out at night, or they might not make it home. Her spirit is often used as a ploy to get wayward kids to stay inside at night, 
and if you're out after curfew, you might see her materialize out of dark mist. Plus, her story is always a good way to get kids to avoid dangerous rivers. For younger children, she was always used to discourage kids from crying. Two common meanings of her name come into play. When used as a simple noun, Yelverona means crybaby. So when kids cry, parents tell their kids that they might summon the weeping ghost that will come and snatch them. 1866 was the earliest record of parents trying to use the ghost as a way to get their kids to behave. It was uncovered in a story that traces all the way back to Spain. A young child was once heard screaming inside a tiny house. Inside, a young mother sat on the ground and tried to calm the child down, but it was no use. The ear-shattering screaming would never end, and the young boy's face was beat red as he screamed and cried. A swarm of other boys and girls also filled the house, but no one could calm the young child, until finally, the grandfather stepped in. He was dressed in fisherman's gear and looked like he had a long day of work. He came home to relax, but it was impossible with the child screaming and crying. He told everyone to leave the young boy alone. Let him scream and rage as much as he wanted. Then he said out loud, so that everyone could hear that the boy would summon La Llorona tonight. The young mother agreed out loud, and all the children in the room turned pale. Nobody made a sound, including the crying boy. They all huddled around the old man to listen to the haunting tale of La Llorona, and this became the first time that an adult used the legend of the weeping woman to get crying children to be quiet. New parents, take note. Maybe this is the way, or maybe it's the way to put your kid into a lifelong of therapy. At one point, the legends also made it over to Costa Rica and put fear into the hearts of children. Through the years of folklore, she eventually made her way into a book by Manuel Arguello Mora. He's now considered one of the fathers of Costa Rican literature, and he's also the first to document this folklore. His description of the woman is one of the most terrifying in all of the La Llorona stories, and his tale also shows how two women used fear to their advantage. Manuel believes that there's nothing more profoundly sad than this centuries-old legend. The story of La Llorona had left a permanent mark on his young mind, and he could never forget her story. In a moment of madness, the young mother felt the need to preserve her honor at the cost of her son's life. He had been born out of wedlock, so she went to a nearby river and held the infant down under the water. When the last bubble of air came up, she let him go, and his small body was taken away by the current. At the exact moment of his death, a strange voice spoke to the mother. It placed an eternal curse on her and said, You will live, weeping and seeking your child forever and ever. And with one last groan, her son left his infant body and disappeared into the dark, and his spirit said, So shall it be. Damn you. And from then on, she was cursed to walk the world in agony. Manuel believes that this woman's story happened around the year 1000 CE. She's been weeping for over 10 centuries because she has wept for so long. Her face is marked with two scars that run continuously from her eyes down to her cheeks. Long tunnels of raw exposed skin grow deeper every year. She's cried for so long that she no longer cries tears. Instead, she cries an eternal flow of blood. The dark red liquid flows through the torn flesh, and her hair hasn't been cut since the day her curse began. So she wraps it around her head and covers her face. It forms a thick mass of hair like a grimy nest around her head. 
Her fingernails are also more than an inch long and caked with mud. She uses them to rake through the dirty waters of rivers and ditches, looking for the remains of her dead child. This image was so disturbing when Manuel first heard the story as a young boy, and it only became more disturbing when La Llorona walked into his bedroom one night at the age of six when he was with his nanny for the day. He had seen a boy on the street selling corn. It's corn. He demanded that the nanny get him some, but she refused. After he didn't get what he wanted, he cried and screamed and even bit his nanny on the arm. In response, she told him the horror story of the weeping woman, and she told him that if he kept crying, he would summon her with his tears. At first, Manuel didn't believe her, but when he got home and went to his bedroom screaming and crying about not getting any corn, he sat there throwing a fit, and an old woman threw open the bedroom door. Her hair was in disarray and a dreadful moan came out of her mouth. Then the nanny came in after her and told La Llorona to take him. The old woman approached Manuel and then picked him up. She gave him several kisses while weeping. Terrified, Manuel refused to look into the woman's eyes. He was so shocked that he lost the ability to scream. And when he finally regained his voice, he screamed that he never wanted to eat corn. Never ever again. La Llorona then handed him over to his nanny, and from that day on, he was traumatized by this experience forever. Looking back on it, he figured that La Llorona was one of the babysitter's friends in a costume or just his powerful imagination, but there's a chance it was a real ghost. La Llorona had been summoned by his tears. Either way, the story of the weeping woman stuck with him, and the legend has terrified children in Costa Rica for well over a century. Even after childhood, this legend falls children into their teenage years. The American author, Rudolfo Anaya, remembered how the legend was an effective curfew in his younger years. In the evenings, he would often head down to the nearby river to cut alfalfa to feed the family's cow. And as the sun began to set, he worked as fast and hard as he could. He didn't want to be there when the darkness engulfed the river. If his work took too long, the presence of the river came alive. And ghosts walked in the shadows, and he knew that La Llorona was nearby, just like his parents had warned him. The haunting legend also affected him years later, when he confronted his sexuality. The legend was used by parents to stop boys and girls from spending too much time alone together. In the evenings, Rodolfo would play hide-and-seek with the neighborhood girls, and the boys would hide with the girls so that they could be close to them. When his arm brushed up against a girl, she said that he wasn't supposed to touch her, or they might make babies. They clearly knew nothing about sex, and many of the older men in the village refused to teach them about it, and the weeping woman would make it even harder to understand. Because when the sun went down, La Llorona was near, so he had to leave the girls and head home. The legend also mentioned that the weeping woman killed her children to avoid shame, and since they were born out of wedlock, she murdered them. The men in the village made her an outcast when they found out she had children outside of marriage. Her actions were seen as sexual taboo, so the murderous woman was also a victim, and to pay for her sins, she had to search for her dead children forever. Her story is also about social punishment, so teenagers would wonder what their punishment would be if they didn't follow cultural norms. So for children and young adults, they get new meaning from the weeping woman's story depending on their age and many adults reflect differently on the story the older they get. 
Many see her tragic tale as a story about regret, since La Llorona is doomed to search for her children for eternity. She has all the time in the world to reflect on her sins. Mortal beings are lucky enough that they aren't doomed for eternity, not now at least. So her story is a cautionary tale. In other words, don't let your emotions control you and ask forgiveness before it's too late. Others see her story as a beacon of warning, especially for mothers. In another version of the story, Maria is the one who cheated on her husband before drowning her kids. This is one of the more gruesome versions because Maria has no explanation for her terrible actions. She's impossible to sympathize with, and many see this as a warning for a bad mother or a bad wife. This version directly points at women's actions. It shows the weight of social norms and the misogyny and pressure towards women. Not only does La Llorona terrorize children and fall them into their adulthood, but she also represents a brutal time of colonialism in Mexico. Her story has carried a heavy responsibility since she's the most famous Mexican phantom, and many have projected their own histories and social standards onto her. But one of the most interesting variations is her connection to the Aztecs. If you're not familiar with the Aztecs, they were a Mesoamerican culture that ruled with immense power in central Mexico from 1300 to 1521. Many gods and goddesses are connected to their spirituality. One of them is known as Sia Cotl. She was the prominent goddess and one of the several patron deities of childbirth and motherhood. She was known to have long hair and always dressed in a long white robe, shirt, and coat. Sometimes she's depicted as half woman, half snake. It's believed that when an Aztec woman died in childbirth, the woman was honored as much as a warrior who had died in battle, and the spirits of these women then served their goddess. They were called divine women, and they often haunted the roads at night and kidnapped children. According to Mexican folklore, this goddess appeared right after the Spanish conquistadors began taking control of Mexico. So instead of La Llorona weeping for the children she had murdered, She's weeping for all the children who were murdered when the Spanish began raiding the Aztec land, and the fall of the Aztec Empire happened soon after. The mother died alongside her children, and she is forced to weep forever while searching for them. Of course, she won't ever find them because the slaughter of the Aztec people cannot be undone, and this interpretation might be the most sobering one yet. But to this day, her legend lives on in different forms and different names. They've been carried through the history through oral tradition and they continue taking new shapes along the way. Whether it's terrifying the shit out of children, or representing Mexico's history, La Llorona has become a household name, and her terror has many uses. But even though people think she's just an old folktale, they might change their mind if they're ever alone by a river at night. All it takes is a small whimper in the dark, and La Llorona is right behind you. A scraping noise comes from the riverbank, she digs with her dirty fingernails, looking for the bones of her children. And when she begins to cry, you're doomed, just like her. What a terrifying legend, though, if there ever was one. I think it's interesting how, for centuries, parents use this tale of La Llorona to scare their kids into doing what they wanted them to do. I wonder if any of you out there experienced a similar situation, whether it was La Llorona or some other legend or folklore. I can definitely see how back in the day, stories like La Llorona would terrify children into doing what their parents wanted them to do. 
But I, for some reason, I feel like today, children would just laugh if you told them this story. If I were to tell you know, my daughter this when she's older, which, again, I would never tell her <laughs> this story because it's, it's horrible. It's tragic and tr- traumatic, honestly. But I think... You know, at a certain age, especially a teenager. I mean, if, if you were to tell a teenager today the story of La Llorona, they'd probably laugh at you. And they'd probably be like, oh, that's fake, made up. And I, I feel like kids and teenagers these days are desensitized from a lot of things like this. I mean, there's obviously horror movies now that kids see at young ages. I mean, as young as 10, 11, 12, 13. And the more you watch that stuff, I feel like it just desensitizes you more from these types of stories. But I'm interested to hear if any of you growing up were told the story of La Llorona and which version you heard. I mean, it seems like they're all similar in a lot of ways, but there's definitely a little bit of variation between them. After hearing the legend of La Llorona, are you going to be walking by the riverside at night? I don't know about you, but I definitely think twice about it. There's just something about dark bodies of water that just scares the living hell out of me. Like I would never go jump in a lake at night, probably unless there is moonlight or something like that. But if it was just pitch dark and you can't see at all, are you jumping in a dark body of water? Certainly not a river. Even the ocean probably wouldn't jump in. There's something terrifying about, you know, what lies beneath the depths, but also, what spirits might be around. But I'm going to go ahead and leave you with that thought there. And I'll see you next time on another episode of the Lights Out Podcast. And until then, lights out, everybody. Everybody.